Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we're looking at a conference message that was given by an LDS apostle, a man by the name of Dale G. Renlin. On October 1st, 2022, in the morning session of conference, he gave a talk titled, A Framework for Personal Revelation. And every day this week, I've been citing John Owen, who was a Puritan writer, who said, if private revelations agree with Scripture, they are needless. If they disagree, they are false. I think most of us as New Testament Christians would agree with that statement. But the point I'm bringing out is, I think if I were to ask the same question of Dale Renlin and quoted that statement by Owen to him, he would probably say he agrees with it also. Why is that? Well, that's because when it comes to Scripture, we are talking about two different things. It's not that the LDS Church does not embrace the King James Bible as part of its Scripture. However, remember, they only embrace the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it is translated correctly. And as we've talked about many times on this show, what that really means is that they do not believe that the Bible has been transmitted correctly. So even if it were to be translated correctly, it would only be a good translation of what they think is a bad transmission. But Renlin brings out the fact that you are supposed to go to the Scriptures, and your personal revelation as a member of the LDS Church should not conflict with that Scripture. Well, if you're talking about different Scriptures, you can see why we can arrive at far different conclusions. So that was part one of his framework, was going to the Scriptures. And he cites Robert D. Hales, who was an apostle in the church, who said, when we want to speak to God, we pray, and when we want Him to speak to us, we search the Scriptures. I don't think most of us as Christians would argue with that statement. Taken for what it says, I certainly don't have a disagreement with that. The question I would have to ask, of course, is, What does Robert D. Hales mean when he says scriptures, and what does Bill McKeever mean when he says scriptures? Again, we have two different foundations here, which of course would allow us to go into two different directions. But then Mr. Renlin is going to talk about a second element of this framework for personal revelation. He said, a second element of the framework is that we receive personal revelation only within our purview and not within the prerogative of others. In other words, we take off and land in our appointed runway. The importance of well-defined runways was learned early in the history of the Restoration. Hiram Page, one of the eight witnesses to the Book of Mormon, claimed to be receiving revelations for the entire church. Several members were deceived and wrongly influenced. In response, the Lord revealed that, quote, no one shall be appointed to receive commandments and revelations in this church except my servant, Joseph Smith, until I shall appoint another in his stead, end quote. 
Now, do you see how dangerous this is? Joseph Smith is the one at this point that we are questioning. If he is not, in fact, a true prophet of God, then would it be wise to take instructions coming from that individual? What's being cited here is Doctrine and Covenants 28. Obviously, that's not coming from the Bible. So for us as outsiders, that would be a questionable foundation. But for Latter-day Saints who have already embraced Joseph Smith as a prophet of God, they've obviously already embraced the Doctrine and Covenants as coming from the quote-unquote Holy Ghost. I think this shows why it would be so easy for us to go into different directions. Yeah, again, that's Doctrine and Covenants section 28, verses 2 and 7. And the danger is... Joseph Smith is the one who put those words together. He could put anything he wants and write that into the story, and a Latter-day Saint is going to believe it. Then Mr. Redlin is going to tell a story about a phone call that he received. He said, years ago, I received a phone call from an individual who had been arrested for trespassing. He told me it had been revealed to him that additional scripture was buried under the ground floor of a building he tried to enter. He claimed that once he obtained the additional scripture, he knew he would receive the gift of translation, bring forth new scripture, and shape the doctrine and direction of the church. I told him that he was mistaken, and he implored me to pray about it. I told him I would not. He became verbally abusive and ended the phone call. Now, what's interesting about this is there's a footnote after that paragraph, and it's footnote number 18, and this is what Renlin says. Fortunately, arrangements were made for him to receive the help and treatment he really needed. So he was crazy then. That's what Renlin's implying, that this guy was kind of nuts. Well, here's what I find fascinating. He's told by this individual about additional scripture that he said was buried under the ground floor of a building he tried to enter. Now, he asks Renlin to pray about this. And Renlin says he's not going to do it. And I found that fascinating for this reason, because I have talked with many Latter-day Saints who, when I raise my objections to the Book of Mormon, and my objections are based on evidence that I have compiled by studying the background and the contents of the Book of Mormon— And since I've come to the conclusion that the evidence shows that this cannot be a work from God, I refuse to pray that prayer that we talked about yesterday in Moroni, chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, that are found in the Book of Mormon. When I have told Latter-day Saints that I choose not to pray about the Book of Mormon, I get responses like this guy gave to Renlund. They get upset with me. Yeah, they ask you, well— Don't you believe in prayer? Why wouldn't you ask God? And to that question, I will respond, it's not just that I do believe in prayer, but I believe prayer is so sacred that I will not abuse prayer. And I think Renlin, based on what is going to be said here in this paragraph and what he says later on, he would almost, I would think, have to agree with me. But again, why is it that he could agree? His foundation is different than my foundation. My foundation is the Bible. His foundation is Joseph Smith and the revelations that he thinks Joseph Smith received from God. We're on two different planes here. And this is what we have to understand when we're talking with Latter-day Saints. And sometimes when we talk to them, 
it sounds like we're in perfect agreement when really we're talking past each other. This is why it's important to ask more probing questions. And you can do this nicely. You don't have to be obnoxious or arrogant in asking these questions. But ask clarification questions from your Latter-day Saint acquaintance to ask, well, what do you mean when you say this? Make it clear to me what you are really saying so that I understand as perfectly as I possibly can what it is that you're trying to communicate to me. But I do find it ironic here, Eric, that Renlin refused to pray according to this person's instructions. And yet when we refuse to pray according to this person, and in this case would be Joseph Smith, we are the ones that are accused of not believing in prayer or there's something wrong with us. The next paragraph tells us what his presupposition is. He said, I did not need to pray about this request for one simple but profound reason. Only the prophet receives revelation for the church, italicized. It would be, quote-unquote, contrary to the economy of God for others to receive such revelation which belongs on the prophet's runway. Do you see what he did here? Oh, yeah. He throws it right back into, our leader is true, and therefore I'm not going to pray about something that would contradict what my leaders have said. But notice what he also does here when he says it would be contrary to the economy of God. Again, there's an end note. And that end note is number 19, Teachings of Presidents of the Church, Joseph Smith. So you see, there's the foundation for the Latter-day Saint. It's not the Bible. It goes back to Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith has made these decrees, and because the Latter-day Saint has already accepted Joseph Smith as a good source for truth, they're going to embrace whatever he says. And this is the danger, because what Joseph Smith is saying many times conflicts with what the New Testament has to say. I go back to John Owen. If private revelations agree with Scripture, they are needless. If they disagree, they are false. Using that as a test for me as a New Testament believer, when I take what Joseph Smith is saying, and it conflicts with the Scripture, which would be the New Testament in this context, it would be prudent for me to reject Joseph Smith because what he is saying is false. Bill, the next time that we are asked by a missionary whether or not we have read the Book of Mormon, maybe we ought to answer the way that Renlin has done here, except change some of the words, because we could say, I did not need to pray about this request for one simple but profound reason. Only the Bible reveals revelation for the Christian believer. If we said that, I think that would pretty much sum up what we believe, and that, you could say, is our presupposition, but I think we have good reasons to accept the Bible as being true compared to what the LDS Church and Joseph Smith are all about. I hope our listeners caught what you just did, because what you just did was to show very clearly that Renlin has a different foundation. The Latter-day Saints have a different foundation it's not the same as ours. So while they could probably, in good conscience, agree with some things we say, like I said earlier, Renlin could probably agree with what John Owen said about private revelations agreeing with Scripture, because he has different Scripture. And to prove the point, if you go through the 31 endnotes, 
the vast majority of them, I'm going to say when it comes to the scripture, over 90% come from the unique standard works. Very few biblical references. We mentioned one the other day in James chapter 4, Matthew chapter 7. But for the most part, most of his supporting evidence comes from the scriptures that you and I, Bill, as evangelical Christians reject. Yeah, and I don't think it would be wise to accept what a Latter-day Saint gives us from that unique scripture, whether it be the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, or the Pearl of Great Price. Why would we have any respect for those quote-unquote scriptures as they are believed to be by members of the LDS Church when certainly they come forth from a person that we would not consider to be a reliable source? And of course, that would be Joseph Smith. See, Joseph Smith claims to be the prophet. His followers point to him as being the prophet. He's the one that says, you've got to listen to me and nobody else. Does that really sound like wise counsel? If a person is a confidence man, a con man, and he's giving you instructions, until you can prove that he's not a confidence man, it would not be wise to listen to the things that he is saying. They've bought into Joseph Smith being a prophet without proving biblically whether or not he meets that criteria. And as we brought out earlier in this week, Deuteronomy 13 speaks of those who rise up and teach a false concept of God. Certainly Joseph Smith would qualify. Deuteronomy 18 teaches that a false prophet is going to be inaccurate in the predictions that he makes. And certainly Joseph Smith did that as well. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.